0: Tailor this message big time. We're, you veterans know that we're tweaking our services quite substantially here in the last few weeks. here. There's reasons for that, of course, and it's not bad reasons necessarily. It's just we're doing what we've got to do, of course. And uh, God's Spirit is still here, and thank God for that. In fact, I think it's maybe in some ways stronger than it has been. I've got to literally cut out about half of this message this morning. You don't know where I'm going this morning, but Luke chapter 5. Ask the Lord to give me wisdom, in uh, a lot of things I want to say today, uh, brace you and let you know that uh, I wanted to have a, it was meant to be a long message, but I'm going to uh, get to the punchline. I've got to let a lot of material go, of course, on purpose. Hopefully you'll understand. I want to speak to our church this morning, what's here of it. A lot of people are gone this, this morning here, of course, but I'm glad that you're here, and God has here who we wanted to have here this morning, so I'm good with that. Our text verse, and I'm making assumptions, and most of you know this story very well. Peter and the apostles, they're seasoned fishermen. They've been fishing all their entire life. They fished all the night, the night before. And Our text verse is verse number 4, Luke 5. Now when they had left speaking, he said unto Simon, that's Jesus said unto Simon, that's Peter, launch out into the deep. Let down your nets, your nets, for a draft, for a draw of fishes. The text doesn't talk about faith, or it doesn't use the word faith, but the text is all about faith. I want to deal with the subject of offensive faith in the moments that we have this morning, as opposed to defensive or last resort faith. I want to deal with the subject of faith this morning. I want to remind you as we start I have to say in way of introduction, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. There's the preeminence of faith. Without it, you can't be saved, for by grace are you saved through faith. You've got to exercise faith in a God you've never seen. You've got to believe that Jesus died for your sins for you. He rose again the third day, and you must put your faith and trust fully in Jesus Christ alone. To save you from your sins, and you'll go to heaven forever and ever. The preeminence of faith is great. You can't be saved without it. There's the prominence of faith, it's the very essence of the New Testament Christianity, all the way through the Gospels, all the way through the book of uh, the, the 27 books of the New Testament. We see this principle of faith. Stephen was a man full of faith and of the Holy Ghost. We see the prominence of faith here, the calling of Peter and Andrew and James and John right here in the story. And they were seasoned fishermen all their entire life. We see that they're called. They exercised a mustard seed of faith. And they forsook all, all their fishing. and They followed him as the end of the story goes. There's the preeminence of faith. the prominence of faith. There's the unlimited potential of faith. We sang on purpose, God can do anything, anything but fail. How many people believe that this morning? God is able. Uh, I know he's able to and nothing is impossible with the Lord. Bible says to, Je- Jehovah God said to an 80-year-old, 90-year-old man, 85-year-old man at the time, soon to be 100 years of age, he said, is anything too hard for the Lord, Genesis 18.4? He said to the disciples, or he said to the man with a, a demonic son, he said, Jesus said unto him, if thou canst believe, all things are possible to him that believeth. We quote Philippians 4.13. Can you do it with me? I can do all things through Christ, which strengtheneth me. I can do what? How many things? All things through Christ, which strengtheneth me. Matthew 17.20, when the disciples could not heal the lunatic, the uh, the son uh, that had a demonic spirit, Jesus said unto them, they asked why they couldn't cast him out. Jesus said, because of your unbelief. For verily or of a truth, I say unto you, if ye have faith as a grain of mustard seed, a grain of mustard seed is very small. You barely can see it. I can't see it with all my spectacles on, probably. If you have faith as a grain of mustard seed, you shall say to this mountain, Move hence to yonder, and it shall remove, and nothing shall be impossible to you. I really believe this for the record. You have to go back in our history. I have to go back to before I was here and most of you were here. This land that we sit on was a mountain. And the state of Connecticut, 50, 60 years ago now, took 300,000 cubic feet of mountain off this mountain right here. We'd be buried in dirt right now. And Route 202 was straightened out. And I believe that God did that in his sovereignty for Harvest Baptist Church to come and sit on this mountain. I really believe that. He's sovereign after all. Luke 18, 27. And he said, the things which are impossible with men are possible with God. Now, I've been doing this thing for a little while, this thing called preaching. You might not know it by listening to me, but I've preached for a while. I've pastored for a little while. And I was just, I'm wondering, this morning, you know, confession is maybe good for the soul, but bad for the reputation. Uh, I'm wondering if I'm the only person in this room that It's a good old-fashioned injection of Holy Spirit faith. Peter was maybe 30 years old when he got his first injection of faith here in this story, and we're going to see him three years later here if we get to that. And there was a time that I walked with faith, and uh, more than I do now. It's amazing. You'd think as a pastor, it'd be easier to walk with faith, but, you know, I still got these eyes, they're getting bad, but... I get these eyes, and I, I find out that it's easier to walk by in my human flesh. It's easier to walk by sight than it is by faith. The Bible says, "But we must walk by faith, and not by sight." I'm ashamed to confess that after many years of being a Christian saved by faith alone, that I still walk many more times by sight than I do by this faith. I wish I had more faith. If I had faith as a grain of mustard seed, Jesus said I could move mountains. How many believe that? That was tepid. (laughs) I understand. How many here say, don't raise your hand, don't even say, oh, me, or amen, or don't say, oh, me, either. But how many of you wish you had more faith? Think if we had more faith. What if our church had more faith? What if we had an offensive faith and not a last resort faith, a last, last, when everything else fails, try to trust God faith? What if we, let me just give you one, two, three, and I, again, I'm looking at that clock, I know where I'm going, and I've got to just march through these first three, what offensive faith is. Offensive faith is faith that, first of all, number one, marches on, marches on despite of all odds. Verse 5, I have to delineate or I have to look at the text here. Simon answering said unto him, Master, we have toiled all the night. Let me give you the Marty Schott translation. Hey, Mr. Boy from Carpenter's Son from Nazareth, 10 miles off the lake. I live in Capernaum. I've been a fisherman my whole life. I live on the seashore. My daddy was a fisherman. My grandfather was a fisherman. These guys that I fish with, they, we, we know when to fish and how to fish. We've toiled all the night long. And now it's broad daylight. Now it's noontime. And you're a carpenter's son. And you say, go out and fish. I've tried that. We, we know when it works. And hey, listen, you mind your business, I'll mind my business. You stick to carpentry, You all stick to fishing. Peter said, nevertheless, at thy word. Verse number five. Nevertheless, at thy word I will let down thy net. He exercised the mustard seed of faith. Faith marches on despite all odds. I don't have time to delineate in great detail, but I, to God be all the glory. You're sitting in a miracle right now. I have to be careful here, and please don't read me wrong. I'm asking you to give me some grace here. But I was with yesterday. I was with a, I was at the fair all day and ran into one pastor, and. Uh, I've rented several pastors, a number of pastors, and there's pastors that have been here a long time. They're still meeting in storefront rented buildings, little little church buildings. And I know the building is not the, don't, please don't misunderstand me, the building's not the church. We know that, and all God's people said. Amen. We understand that, but God's blessed us here. God's been very good to us. This is a miracle that you're sitting in. We broke ground 20-some years ago now on this building with no money. I wish I could tell you, and I've always had to keep a lot of these things secret, how many well-educated people, men, people in our church that said, Pastor, do you have a clue what you're doing? And the answer is, no, I didn't. They were right, Uh, humanly speaking. Pastor, you're going to ruin us. You're going to bury us. You're going to bankrupt this church. I don't say that. Please, again, for the second hopefully the last time, I'm not trying to draw attention to myself a seasoned veteran, if you will, of uh, finances and so forth. Not really, but I, I've, I've lived a while. and know that you've got to pay your bills and so forth, and things cost money. We came out here, and we sh- put our shovels in the ground with no mortgage, no money. We had $200,000 spent to in Torrington in a small congregation. And n- no mortgage, no, no bank would trust us, and God blessed in a great way. We, went, we marched on despite all odds. I had one person I'll never name, don't ask me afterwards, you longtime veterans might. He left the church very early on. He left the church. I never could say why he left the church, but he left the church basically because this pastor, this guy right here was absolutely crazy. And he probably was right again. Now, since then, we've, we've, we've talked. He, he writes me about once a year now. Where he's a brother in the Lord, I love him, and he, I believe he loves me. He's a long ways from here now, but God is able to do incredible blessings. Faith, offensive faith, marches on despite all odds. Number two, quickly here. Let me just give you the points. I'm getting. I'm driving to a point, long, long past the outline. So let's see if the outline take care of. Offensive faith brings. Secondly, brings incredible blessings. Verses 6 and 7, just glance at it, if you will. The Lord said, let down your nets for a draft, for a draw of fishes. How many nets did they let down? One. Let down one one boat, one net. They should have took both boats out and all their nets, and they should have put them all in the water. The net began to break, and he beckoned his partners to come, James and John. And I, the Bible doesn't tell us this, but I have a feeling that they probably took the greatest draft of fishes in, in the history of their 30 year or however long they've been fishing career. And they never had taken in that draft of size, draft of fishes ever in their life. God can do incredible great blessings with uh, beyond, seeing seen above and above all that we can think or ask. I remember when, and I have to do this very quickly, I want to tell you one story. It's good that we remember our history. Many of you are not trying to be hard and hurtful. Many of you are not here for this. That's okay. But when we went to buy this land here, we were on 2.3 acres in Torrington, Connecticut. We were landlocked. We had just a small building, and we couldn't build. We were trying to build a 200-seat auditorium. This land opened up. It was owned by Dunbar Armored Security. It was for sale one day for $90,000, nine and a half acres. We We had just bought... 1.3 1.3 acres for $150,000 cash. There's still nothing on that property to this day. But we bought it. We stepped up by faith and bought that. I went to the bank. True story. I'm, God strike me dead right now if I'm telling you I'm embellishing this story. I went to the bank. I can't even tell you the name of the bank because it's been out of business for about 20 years now. But I went to this, the vice president of the bank looking for a loan. We need to get $85,000 to buy this land here. They said, well, we need three years to back uh, finances. So we did We jumped through all their hoops and so forth. They analyzed our numbers, and they said, no joke. They said, we can give you, you come up with 75000 we'll give you $10,000. Thank you very much. But no thank you. He said they, they, they wanted to know how fast, if we ever did build a building, how fast they could tear it down and turn it into an apartment complex or into a office facilities. They wanted to know what the, the back... They're out of business. We're still in business for the record. But we raised $45,000 on top of about $200,000 of debt that we had. And I made a phone call. I, I, I believe it happened all in an afternoon. I really do. A certain preacher called me, and I told him our dilemma. We had nobody to give us money. We had to come up with $85,000, and we had a date to do it. And I made a phone call to Florida, Orlando, as a matter of fact. And I talked to a preacher that I'd never talked to before in my life. He didn't know me from the man in the moon. When in 15 minutes, I told him what we were trying to do, and he lent us $40,000. Some of you remember that man. I didn't know. He never told us. He lent that money out of his 401K. He purposely took his money out, and he said, I believe in what you're doing. And he lent us $40,000. We had one year to pay it back. We paid it back. God blessed in a great way. God is able to do and abundance above all that we think or ask. When we moved in this building, by the way, we had no front steps. By the carport. We had no We had no uh, we, of course, we had no bank. We had no, no kitchen downstairs, no fellowship hall, no nursery, no parsonage, no, no pavilion. No, I could go on and on. We had a binder-coated asphalt out there. We had to spend $35,000 after we moved in to get a, the top coat of asphalt. The many things that we take for granted, we had no air conditioning when we moved in. I just told Paul, turn the air conditioning in October here. We got too hot last night. I turned the heat on last night. It got too hot here. Now we, now we need some cool, cool air. We had... Our auditorium, for the record, just for you folks that weren't here, our auditorium, for the record, for 14 years, we made an auditorium that was smaller than our foyer. We went to two services, then we went to three services. God, what am I trying to tell you? God is able to, when we let our net down, he's able to do beyond human belief what we never could have imagined because we exercised just a little bit of faith. I want you to know that, thirdly, that what faith does, what, what uh, offensive faith does. It marches on despite all odds. It brings incredible blessings. But thirdly, it glorifies God. It glorifies God. You see, when Peter and James and John and Andrew, they were fishermen all their entire life. That's what they did. And at the end of this story, when they exercised a little bit of faith, they got the greatest catch of fishes they'd ever gotten, maybe in the history of their fishing career. The Bible says they left all and they followed him. Some, need, some of you need to leave all and follow him. Some need to say, Lord, I believe. And they, they, they glorified God. They felt, he fell to Jesus' knees. They worshiped the Lord. He said, Lord, help me. There was a day when Harvest Baptist Church, and I, expansing it in the moments, milliseconds of time that I have this morning, I'm, I'm encapsulating 34 years of history up here of God's blessings in our church, how we stepped out in faith and God blessed in a great way. I'm trying to encapsulate it in sound bites in a few seconds. But we glorified God. But I think we need to be, I think I need to be as an old man preacher now. Like Luke 17, and verse 5 says, Lord, increase our faith. Lord, do it again. You see, doubt kills. The Bible says, Hebrews 11:6. 6. But without faith, it is what? Help me out. It is impossible to what? Please him. To so please God. But, say it again but without faith it's what impossible to please God it's not maybe once in a while to please God it's impossible to please him you can't be saved it's impossible for you to be saved without exercising faith it's impossible for you to please God as Christians we're saved by faith if you don't walk by faith double-minded man is unstable in all his ways faith is the very essence of Christianity faith is this preeminent it's prominent it's powerful God says, if you just have a faith as a grain of mustard seed, you, know, you say the it's not moving and be, nothing shall be impossible unto you. If thou, if thou canst believe, all things are possible. Faith glorifies God. See, doubt kills. It thwarts the blessings of God. Faith is mighty. Faith is alive. See, doubt sees the obstacles. Faith sees the way. Doubt sees the darkest night. Faith sees the day. Doubt dreads to take a step. Faith soars on high. Doubt questions. Who believes? Faith answers I. See, God says, launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a draft. He wants to do exceedingly abundantly of all other are asked Points one, two, three, I know outlining here. And don't, don't turn me off if they get done with the points because I'm just getting started here and I'm trying to hurry. Having an offensive faith requires, first of all, number one, the step of establishing your faith. The step of establishing your faith. We see these disciples there needs to be a right beginning, a right foundation in your faith. I met yesterday some folks that go to a name and claim it claimant or went to a name and claim it claimant ministry. Now they don't go anywhere because they can't find a church that, 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 that fits their bill, meets their needs, of course. They went to a word of faith, name and claimant ministry. They named a certain preacher. I'll leave unnamed from the, many of you would know if you know radio preachers, television evangelists, you would know this name. They named their name. But they're not even serving God anymore. I don't know how much they were were serving God. But the the problem, the promise of the the faith, name name it, claim it crowd is that they fix their faith on faith. Faith becomes God. I'm not teaching you Tony Robbins theology this morning. I'm not teaching you, hey, if you just have faith, if you just believe in yourself, man, I believe in myself, I'm dead. Not much help here. I'm not talking about that type of faith. Your faith needs to be established in the right thing. Number, number A, letter A, rather, number A. I'm an eloquent preacher in case you didn't figure it out. Fix your faith on Christ. Nevertheless, at thy word. For our other foundation can no man lay the slave, which is Jesus Christ. Christianity, I told several people at the fair yesterday we got a chance to win this numbers of times. And I uh, told a number of people that Christianity is Christ. It's Christ alone. It's putting your full faith and trust in Jesus alone, not your salvation, not your religion, not your confirmation, not your christening, not your good works. No, oh, it's in Jesus Christ alone, 100%. He can, Jesus paid it all. He can save you. Do you know you're saved this morning? Make your calling and election sure, Peter says. Know that you put your faith, my faith is found, a resting place, not in the or creed. It's found in Jesus Christ alone. Realize that you are not only your faith in Christ, that you, do you know you're saved, but it's not on your worksheet, but let me read the point here. Do you realize that you're going to live in a forever dreamland, forever and ever and ever? Be honest. How many have been to Disney World? Raise your hand. Come on, there's liars in this room. More, more, Raise your hand if you've been to Disney World. You have been to Disney World twice? <laughs> I'm busting on you now. Some of you never been to Disneyland, Dreamland. That was a section of Disneyland. that had Dreamland? You know, people spend years saving up. We had a big family vacation. Oh, it was 12, 13 years ago, Hurricane Charlie came in, and uh, during that time, and we went to flew down to Orlando, and and uh, our kids, were, our girls were still girls at the time. They were none of them were married, and we we did the Disneyland Dream vacation. It was fun, but we're going to a land that's fairer than day. We're going to a land that I hath not seen, nor you he hath heard, nor hath entered into the heart of man the things that God hath prepared for them that love Him. There's a land that's fairer than day, and by faith we can see it afar. For the Father waits over the way to prepare us a dwelling place there. Fix your faith on Christ. Let it be. Fix your faith on the promises of the Bible. You see, once again, Peter said, nevertheless, at thy word, at thy word, we'll let down the net. The internal, infallible word of God. If thou canst believe, all things are possible. I just popped in my head. i got to run this rabbit trail for 10 seconds here. We had somebody, Al Targlino, was there yesterday at the fair, and he was, uh, when is this somebody? And the kid came up, and he says, I want to believe in God, but I've been taught evolution all my life. I, I don't know how to reconcile this. Al gave him an answer, but I was thinking about it. I was saying, you you want to believe, you want to put your faith in nothing. Nothing times everything equals nothing times nothing equals everything. I put my faith in God. God times nothing equals everything. God created the heavens and the earth. God created the sun, moon, and the stars. He created man just a few thousand years ago, and, and uh, I believe that by faith because my Bible tells me so. My my faith is built built upon the inerrant, infallible Word of God. True faith is always based on Bible promise. All things are possible to Him that believe it. The Bible says, "Let her see" on the worksheet for the time's sake. Fix your faith not only in Christ. Fix your faith on the promises of the Bible, but let her see. Fix your faith by remembering God's faithfulness. By remembering God's faithfulness. That's what I've tried to do already this morning. I want to do a little bit more in just a few moments. You see, everything God declares happens. Launch out into the deep. Please, I hope this doesn't come across as braggadocious, because if it does, I, I want you to just forget about it. And, and uh, I, I, to God be all the glory, I know what I am. Can I just talk to the guys? Ladies, turn your ears off for just a moment here. Every guy in this room here, this is guy talk. I'm a dirtbag, I know it. I'm a, the songwriter says, ladies, you maybe be more palpable, I'm a wretch. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound saved the a wretch like me. Last time I checked, wretches aren't too high on the totem pole. I don't have any glory wherever I can glory in myself, but all my glorying is in Christ. And we stepped out by faith. I was a 27-year-old kid. Last time, I'm trying not to say this again. I'm not looking to pat myself on the back and look how great I am. We came to Torrington, Connecticut, and I got a 40 hour week job. I worked for seven and a half years full-time now, you won't understand, some of you won't understand this, but I, I had more time when I worked a full-time, 40-hour-a-week job than I could do now. You can't figure that out. I had more energy when I worked 40 hours a week and passed the church full-time than I do now. It's funny how that works, but it's true. But we've got to remember God's promises. We need to launch out into the deep. Our church launched out into the deep, and God did incredible things You'll never reach the regions beyond before you're willing, unless you're willing to lose sight of the shore. We stepped out by faith, and I've got so many stories that I could give you. Several that I'd, let me just let me just pick one just right now. Just I remember that time that I've told the story many times. The real estate agent walked into our little church building, not to him the size of the foyer. I was sitting in the back row of our eleven pews that we had, or nine pews, I can't remember what it was. I was sitting in the back row, and the real estate agent came in with a preacher who's I see, you, you, most of you would know who he is if I mentioned his name. He's been in Torrington for 35 years. He's a nice man. He's a believer, in, brother in Christ, I believe. I don't want to, don't ask me after the service who he is. But he walked in. He came to Torrington with full-time mission support. He came with a house that was purchased for him. He came with a full-time salary. They're still meeting in rental facilities today, 35 years later. They came in with a real estate agent, and they were going to buy the church building out from underneath us. We had nothing. We had no. We were renting the building. And make a long story short, we asked God to do a work of grace, and I remember crying in the back row. Tim Mosley. I'm looking at Miss Peggy. She knows what I'm talking about. Tim Mosley happened to pop in on that day, and we've been knit. Our, our hearts have been knit forever since that day. I can't go into all detail, but I went back to the back office. We, we bought that land and then we bought that building for $100,000, so it was by faith. I was working a security job making seven twenty-five dollars 25 an hour, I think, at the time. And we just stood a handful of people. And then we, then we read where the, 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 the land across the way was for sale, that field that many of you know where that field is. It's still vacant to this day. One of the best purchases I've ever purchased in my entire life was that $150,000 field. We bought it, we, bought, we stepped out it by faith and trusted God. And it took me five minutes to develop the story properly, but we just, I sat in my little office. I had an office about the size. In fact, this is, panel bay was smaller than my office. I had a three by five desk right about here. And I had room for, well, I had a little small set of bookshelves and I had room for one chair in my, my office desk. I sat in that office and I read Psalm 105. And I just wrote a sheet of paper. I used to write my messages on these type of sheets right here. I I just nailed down. We had an opportunity to buy the field for $150,000. I wrote down 18 names of 18 men, ladies. Sorry about that, but it's just I just wrote down men's names. Six of the 18 men worked. Six of the men were retired, and six of the men, well, they didn't work. Let's put it that way. And I remember saying, I looked at that list. God is my witness. I had the list right here. I had the old rotary dial phone right here, long before cell phones. And I said, we had a pressure to buy that land. And I read the word of God about how in Moses, in Psalm 105, read it for yourself. I got a charismatic moment in my life, Pentecostal moment, I believe God moment, after I read the word of God, when there were a few men, Bible says, and yea, strangers in it. I just I had looked down at this list and I, I said that's a few men, Lord, that's very few men. And I took my Bible. I literally I've never done this before. I don't think I ever did it before. After I went like that. And I went like that. I started to read. And God says I'm going to give you the land. When there were a few men, very few men, and strangers in and it. I took that phone. I mean I'm I'm not exaggerating. I'm not boasting bragging. I took I, I grabbed that phone. I picked that up and I. Multi-millionaire in Torrington, you would know, most of you know the name if I mentioned the name. He's still alive today. You got, uh, oh, you know what, i just, are we being taped? Take this out of the, take this out of the, if, if, okay, the X is out of the, if this was online. Uh, animal Game Farm, you know that. That's what we're talking, we're talking about that, it was his brother, quite frankly. Now nah, just spilled the beans, make sure that gets, that doesn't make the airwaves, please. And I said, we'll buy it. I didn't ask anybody to buy it. I didn't ask our 18 men that six that worked and the six that didn't, and the six that couldn't or wouldn't. I didn't ask our congregation, and we just stepped out by faith. And I wish I could tell you, I'd take the rest of the time to tell you how God blessed. It was a miracle. Just in miracle after miracle. You see, offensive faith steps up, you need to establish your faith. Number two and three here, and don't turn me off. stay staying with me. Number two, this, 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 the second step is the step of standing by your faith. Standing by your faith. It's one thing to have faith to get saved. It's another, faith to, another thing to have faith as you walk through your Christian life every day. And we need to stand by your faith. Feed, feed your faith on the Word of God. Feed your faith on the Bible. Romans ten seventeen. so then faith comes by what? Help me out. Hearing and hearing by the word of God. How many of you that know this story say, Preacher, I've heard this story many times. I've heard this story 50 years ago, 60 years ago, 20 years ago, 10 years ago, five. I know this story. How many of you, have, and everything I've said, you've heard in some way, variant form or another already anyhow. But your faith, southern faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Jesus said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. He said, I'll never leave you. God wants to bless you and be good to you, now, not in a carnal way, not in a fleshly way, not in a selfish way, but in a spiritual way. God wants to bless you more than you want to be blessed. We need to stand by your faith. God's, God, God, The Bible says God is for us. That's for his children. He loves you. He wants the best for you. I always use my grandkids, so I use my kids. I want the best, I want better for them than they want themselves. God wants better for you than he, you want for yourself. Feed your, stand by the faith, knowing that your God uh, feed your faith by the Bible. Number two, letter B. Live your faith by, or live your life by faith. Be a doer of the word, and not hearer only. You know, it's way easier in one sense. I, 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 yes, I have a hard time preaching nowadays. I admit that. But it's way easier to preach it than it is to live it. It's way easier to hear it than it is to live it. You're all good. Obedient churchgoers this morning, you're all sitting here in the right spot. It's now an hour and five minutes into the service and you're still here. You're still putting up with me. Thank you very much. But it's one thing what we do between 10.30 and 11.45. It's another thing what we do between 11.45 or 12 o'clock in the rest of the week. We need to live by faith. Peter and Andrew and James and John, they exercised their faith when they forsook all and followed him. Stand by your faith. The step of establishing faith. Stand by your faith. Let, number three, step out, step out of launching, or step out. Lord, pardon me, this is if I can only read. There. The step of launching out by faith. Nevertheless, at thy word, we will, the Lord said, launch out into the deep. Letter array. let me give you the two points. Don't turn me off for the fourth time. Step out by faith in the area of sow, seed sowing. Psalm 126, verses 5 and 6. They that sow in tears shall weep in joy. He that goeth forth and weepeth bearing precious seed shall doubtless come again. <clears throat> this is our fifth year at Harmington Fair. Every year we see numbers of people bow their heads and pray the sinner's prayer. I, I prayed with a man yesterday, uh, and uh, I think he really meant it. But we have, last year we had 22, 24 people, whatever it was, said bowed their head and prayed the sinner's prayer with one of you sold seed sowers. We don't save anybody. God saves everybody. And, but the Bible says, They that sow in tears shall reap in joy. But I sometimes I say to myself, Yeah, but where are the lasting fruits? God knows. Maybe some of them are artificial. Maybe some of them are not real. But some are real. God's still in the saving business. God says, and some having compassion, Jude 22 says, making a difference. Keep on sowing seed. God blesses our prayers many times, even when we're, we, our faith is so microscopic, it's almost non existence I use my father for an example. I talked to my mother this morning. For the, I always talk to her Sunday morning. My dad's saved today after 80, 79 years of life. I never thought he'd ever get saved but God saved him because of the tears in the faith of my mother I believe not my faith God's in the area of soul winning in the area of believing God or letter B in the worksheet the step of launching out by faith in the area of believing God believe God again you had to believe God in order to get saved you got to believe God in order to walk by faith so offensive faith requires establishing your faith standing by your faith Launching out, and here's the key word launching out again by faith. I'm going to do this without so turning to the Bible, but I want you to just, many of you know the stories, you're veterans of John chapter 21. Write this down in your notes there, if you would. Because Peter and Andrew in Luke chapter 5, there's three years, the beginning of a three year ministry, walk with the Lord Jesus Christ. We get to John 21. And after the rest, death, burial, and resurrection of Christ, remember Peter said, I go fishing. Remember the story? And he takes a 90-mile journey from Jerusalem back to the Sea of, or the sea of Galilee. And he drags seven, six other men with him, six other disciples with him, and they go fishing. And once again, three years later, they toil all the night, John 21, and they catch what? Do you remember? What did they catch in John 21? Nothing. And then a man comes and stands on the seashore. We know who that man was. And he says, cast your net on the other side. What's this looney tune doing at 150 yards from shore yelling at us? We've been fishing all the night. We caught nothing. Oh, well. Take the net, throw it on the other side. The Bible says they caught a great multitude of fish, great draft of fishes again. In fact, the Bible names them. It was 156 holy mackerels. I mean, they were big. It didn't say mackerels. But 156 fish. The Bible's kind of... I don't know this, but I think the, very, the greatest catch of fish they ever had in their history of their life was that, that first time when God called them by faith in Luke chapter 5. I think the second greatest catch, maybe, and this is Marty shot conjecture, was in John chapter 21. What am I saying? Three years went by. In that three years, just days before that, relatively speaking, Peter cursed and swore and said, I know not the Lord! He fell many times, but he got back up. And I said, now I've come full circle here. Let me get to the crux of our message here. I'm trying to bring the plane down. But I'm not to the most important part of our message. It's easier, it was easier for me to walk by faith when I was a young preacher. It's harder today now that I have all this knowledge, all this wisdom, all this intellect. All this life experience. Now I live by numbers. Now I look at things logically with a brain in my head. I'm smart now. I used to be really dumb. I was so dumb I just had to trust God. God does wonderful things. me on the other side. Okay, God, don't know what we're doing, but we'll listen to you. Now everything's a statistical analysis. Now everything i got to look at and say, how can we do this? I don't have time to develop it for the last time in any great detail, but I want you to open your bulletin real quickly here. Open your bulletin. Get your bulletin out. You need that bulletin. I want you to notice, I want you to go to the offering section. I want you to notice that I've been printing for the last three years. I've been waiting for somebody to come along, and you see the mortgage debt there? What's it say? 308000 and change, right? At the rate we're going pay this off, I'm not trying to be funny, but hopefully Jesus will come long before that. At the rate we're going, you know, we've paid almost a million dollars in interest at Harvest Baptist Church in 34 years. We've paid 36 years of mortgage payments in 34 years. We've paid over a million dollars in principal. We've done a lot, admittedly. God's blessed in a wonderful way. But I was challenged this week about interest we're going to keep on paying our we used to pay $9,600 monthly payments now we're only paying about $3,000 a month at this rate I don't even want to tell you how long it's going to take off to pay that we used to be almost a million dollars now we're only $300,000 and relatively speaking it's really wonderful now we got our sacrifice Sunday coming up in six weeks or so seven weeks from now I know I'm talking to all now don't I'm not bashing you I'm just telling you who you think you are You know you are. I'm talking to all poor people, right? Yeah, you were good here. I set you up here, and you didn't fall for the bait. Very good. We're rich in Christ, aren't we? Now, anybody have three hundred eight thousand (laughs) dollars laying around? Some of you now you're laughing. How about how about eight thousand dollars? How about three hundred dollars? How about three hundred dollars? How about thirty (laughs) dollars? I know who I'm talking to. I'm talking to people who work at Big Lots. I'm talking to people that work at BJ's. I'm talking to regular, real people. I want to challenge you. And I was challenged this week, and I said, you know, there's more truth to that than you know. I mean, we're just taking along. You know, it takes us seven weeks. To, we only have 50 Sundays a year because two, two get wiped out by, by snowstorms. 50 Sundays a year it takes us seven full Sundays a year 100 of our offering to pay for our mortgage mortgage payment. That doesn't count the lights, or the heat, or the all the other bills, my salary, and all the missionaries, and all the rest that goes on. It takes seven Sundays just to pay the mortgage, and we spend all that money on interest. Now, I don't want you to look. and say, preacher, do you got a rabbit up in your hat somewhere? I, number one, I don't own a hat. Number two, if I did, I didn't. I wouldn't have a rabbit in it anyhow. I don't have a trick up my sleeve. I don't know God. I'll be real blunt, God struck me dead if I I, I have something, a premonition or if I know something that you don't know. I don't know, I have no clue. I know I'm talking to a bunch of people that just, you live mostly like I live from week to week, day to day, month to month at best. I want you to pray, not your neighbor. Okay, it's true. Once in a while, we have people come in our church that visit us from time to time that probably could write out a check for $300,000 and wipe out our debt. I don't think it's going to happen. Maybe I don't have the faith. But I think it's going to happen by people like Marty Schott, people like Peg Isley on a fixed income. Pardon me, Peg, for picking on you. People like Bonnie and Ray Ovid, people who live in a trailer. No offense. I could go right to the list. You know, you real people that have a regular job. I want to challenge you. Don't ask what my neighbor can do. I would like to see us by faith start to pray that God would pay off our mortgage is what I'm trying to say. Now, if you have a heart attack right about now, that's I, I'm going to forgive you for that. Because when I was challenged this past week, I, I started smiling and laughing like, yeah, you don't have a clue. Where are we gonna get that money from? Bean counter that I am, statistician that I am, I know our crowd. I'm the pastor after all. Real people. Let's forget about the fact that we're just regular, ordinary people. And I want you to just pray and ask God, God, what would you have me to do? In six weeks from now, we always do our sacrifice Sunday offering. Every year we've been doing this for 20-something years on the Sunday before Thanksgiving. It's the one Sacrifice Sunday we do on purpose every year. Not a Christmas offering, not an Easter offering, but a Sacrifice Sunday offering, and it's the Sunday before Easter. Would you pray that God would bless? I mean, we toiled all the night and caught nothing. At this rate, we're going to be fishing for the rest of our life. We're going to be paying mortgages for the rest of our life. And maybe so. I'm not, I, I'm not, I don't know the sovereign God's mind. I'm willing to be found faithful, that's true. But I was thinking, and I, another time, another message uh, as I developed as trying to encapsulate this in just moments of time, how much more we could do for the cause of Christ on the mission field around the world. If we weren't burdened and strapped down with debt, financial debt, for year after year, week after week, month after month after month, would you pray, I told you this message is for Christians of... Harvest Baptist Church, especially. Would you pray, Lord, what would you have me to do in regards to specifically a love offering for, to pay off the mortgage of Harvest Baptist Church? It's only 380,000 dollars. You just sang the song, and you said you believed it. I, I, nothing's impossible with God. You saying, "God is able. He's able. You sing uh, uh, what do we sing? We sing the third one. I, uh, I can't think what it is right now. I have to look at my notes here here. He's able. God can do anything but fail, and nothing is impossible. You sang it and you said, I believe it. It's one thing to say that you believe it in service, another thing to say, God, use me. I'll cast my net on the other side, and God, use me. Let's bow for prayer, Heavenly Father. Lord, some people might think that this message was about money. It never was, never is. It's about the heart. Lord, I pray that, Lord, you'd bless. And, Father, Lord, you know my heart. Father, we're going to be faithful. I'm going to be faithful by your grace. It's always been by your grace. always will be by your grace. I'm going to be faithful to pastor, Lord, if you have us pay a mortgage payment for the rest of my life. But, Lord, I, I know that you can do exceeding abundantly above all that we can think or even ask according to the power that worketh in us, you said. Lord, do a work of grace in our church body. Lord, help us to be free from debt, free from having to pay a million dollars in interest. You've been so good to us these last 20 plus years in this building. You've been good, so good to us for 34 years. But Lord, we say, like Peter, Lord, do it again. May we exercise faith again, Lord, we pray. Pray you bless in our moments of invitation, Lord. Maybe there's someone here that needs to be saved today, Lord. Help us to... Christians to live by faith and help those that need to receive Christ as Savior to be saved today by faith alone in Christ Jesus. We'll thank you for it. I pray this in Jesus' name, amen. Stand and sing page number 43, is it? 34, 34. Living by faith. We're gonna sing first for one. Maybe you'd like to come to an altar this morning as a child of God and just pray, Lord, what would you have me to do? Not what, Lord, what would you have somebody else to do, but what would you have me to do? Uh, you decide that uh, you say, preacher, I—that's ridiculous. I don't have three hundred eight thousand dollars. Anybody kind of like that, like me? I don't have three hundred and eighty thousand dollars, but I have three hundred dollars. I have a thousand dollars. I have—I have ten thousand. I have far more than I want to admit. If I just decided to give it to God, you pray what God to have you give this thing. Maybe want to come to an altar. Let's sing verse number one of page 43. 34 Sorry. I care not today what tomorrow may bring, nor shadow, nor sunshine, nor rain. Safe from all. Would you just play through, heads bowed eyes closed for just a few moments. There, We don't know that song very well, obviously, but uh, uh, you maybe want to come to an altar, maybe make an altar at your seat, but pray, Lord, what would you have me to do? If you're here this morning here and you've never received Christ as your Savior, I want to encourage you, I want to challenge you that Christianity is purchased by faith in Christ, by trusting him alone as your Lord and Savior. Not in addition to, but alone forsaking all, I trust him, faith. Putting your full faith and trust that he died on the cross for your sins, he was buried, he rose again the third day, and that you're lost and damned and on your way to hell, but through Jesus Christ, he'll give you the remission of sins, the forgiveness of sins, and grant you salvation, take you to heaven, make you a child of God, take you to heaven when you die. You can pray the sinner's prayer today and be saved. It's that simple. Lord Jesus, come into my heart, be my savior. Take me to heaven when I die. I believe, Jesus, you died on the cross for me. And I'll accept you and you as my only Savior and Lord. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Heavenly Father, Lord, I pray now that you'd bless in our church body. There were a number of people that were not here today to hear this message. Lord, and you gave challenges of faith just a handful of people, four or five at a seashore and seven at a se- seashore three years later. And you said, just trust me. You... We're so faithful and Lord you've turned these men went on and turned the world upside down with the gospel. Lord you've been very good to our church, but Lord we don't want all the blessings to be in the past. We want to see new miracles in the present and the future. Help us to step out by faith again, launch out into the deep. Pray you'd bless as we close our service out now and we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Brother Paul, would you come here and we're gonna just take two minutes of announcements and close in a word of prayer? And even as I tried as hard as I could, I've got. A little-